0: Good morning and welcome to The Morning Tea, a podcast dedicated to spilling the tea about real struggles from real people. Whether it's relationships, personal growth, or something a little more specific, I'm here to offer you advice as a confidant and a friend. So brew yourself a cup of tea or whatever you fancy and let's chat. Just a quick side note, thank you all so much for your support on the first episode of Morning Tea. I received so many kind messages from you listening, and I just really appreciate that because I'm really new to this, so I don't really know what I'm doing. But your support means absolutely everything, so thank you so much. The disclaimer for this episode is coming before we even start. The entire episode will be discussing sexual assault and abuse, so if this is a sensitive topic for you, I would just not advise listening to this episode. Today's episode is a tough one, but I think this is a topic that is so important to discuss. Sexual assault and abuse is something that many people have gone through. Maybe you, the listener, have gone through it too. I myself am a survivor of a year-long predatory sexual abuse situation. It's not something I tend to talk about, but I want to help create a space for others to feel comfortable talking about it. Our stories are united and deserve to be heard and talked about. So I figured the first part of this episode will be me telling you about some background on what happened to me, And then I want to get into some advice for moving forward after experiencing sexual assault or abuse. I'm not a doctor, therapist, or professional when it comes to this, but I wanted to offer advice from a real person who has dealt with this and its repercussions for years. When I was 17, I became romantically involved with a man who was 28. He was in a pretty famous band, which definitely gave him a lot of power. This guy was someone I worshipped. You know when you're young and you have posters of someone famous on your wall and you're like so in love with them, but there's an understanding that nothing would ever happen. That's how I felt about him. We met in person at a show and he was so engaging to talk to. We had deep discussions and it felt like we really had a connection. Of course, I didn't see it as romantic because I was a child and he was an adult. But he agreed to contact me over Facebook so that I could ask him some more questions about his music. At first we talked online and it was innocent. I was so excited to be sort of friends with somebody famous and someone I admired as much as him. Talking once in a while turned into everyday, and friendly chats turned into flirting which quickly became sexual per his initiation. At 17, I was still a child. I had no idea how to handle being brought into the adult world, and unfortunately, I thought that I had fallen in love with him. He made me feel special and beautiful. He thought my age was sexy. In some ways, it felt like a dream come true, but there was always that feeling in the back of my mind that This was actually a nightmare. The things he told me he wanted to do to me were so graphic that I've only repeated them to lawyers working on cases against him. We were physical one time. I met him at midnight in a parking lot of a Super Target. I couldn't drive, so my friend dropped me off but begged me not to go. But I didn't listen because I didn't see anything wrong with the situation. He picked me up, took me to his house, and things were physical from there. He did things against my will, things I hadn't experienced yet. But he claimed he wanted to preserve our virginities because God wouldn't want us to take it any further than what we did. When I look back, it's hard for me to see that there was no consent. Even though we talked about doing sexual things, I wasn't ready for what happened. And I think there's a misconception about assault, that you have to say no for it to be considered assault or rape. I didn't say no, but I didn't say yes either. I was silent in the moment because it hit me that an adult wanted to have sex with a child and I was that child. I knew I didn't have the power to say no and I was scared. I was alone at a strange man's house and he had power over my outcome. And just to put this out there, sex is more than intercourse. It can be hands, oral, etc. So when I use the word sex, it is slightly ambiguous on purpose. The next day, he dropped me off at that Target and maybe spoke to me twice after that. I was so heartbroken, I felt used. I thought we were going to be together. I remember my friend, the same one who dropped me off, picked me up that morning with tear-stained eyes. She hugged me and just said, thank God you're okay. Like I said earlier, at the time, I didn't see a problem with what I did. But looking back, I got in a car with a strange older man who completely assaulted me. He took advantage of me and I wasn't ready for any of it. I could have been killed. And that's a guilty feeling that I still cannot let go of. After some time had passed, a girl younger than me came out that a similar thing happened to her from the same guy. And as it turns out, he has been doing this for years to many other girls all over the world. Some older than me and some younger. Once one story came out, many of us came out about our stories. He essentially used the ban to lure girls in and take advantage of them, and when he got what he wanted, he threw us away. I had at least five other girls reach out to me about what he did to them, and if statistics about assault say anything, only a small percentage actually speak out about their story, so there are likely many more girls who haven't said anything. When all of this came out, I started working with lawyers and detectives to help support a case against him. I had this shameful, gross feeling with me for so long, like no matter how many times I showered, I was never clean. He currently has a felony and I believe is still serving his probation or it's almost over, but a court sentence doesn't make damage disappear. The hard work begins when you enter the recovery phase. I am still recovering. It's a long process that is very difficult and can take years. But as someone once told me, you don't let go of your demons. You learn to walk beside them. I still suffer from PTSD and anxiety from this experience. Although most people in my life were very supportive of me, and I'm so grateful for that. Some people called me a whore when I opened up about what happened to me. This man had a reputation as a good Christian man who was in this family-friendly band, so people in the community following this band either stood by the victims or turned away from us. If anything good came out of what happened to us, it's that we've made some really beautiful friends because of this. We've stood together to make sure that justice is served against him. For years, this man controlled our lives and warped our childhood into this dark, twisted nightmare to fulfill his sexual fantasies. He pressured us into silence for fear of losing his job or his reputation. He took advantage of children who admired and loved him, and as an adult, he knew exactly what he was doing. And through that pain flowered friendship, sisterhood, unity, and strength my story is not my own. This story belongs to so many people who have experienced sexual assault or abuse. There is pain, but even more, there is love and strength. So now I'd like to offer some advice to anyone dealing with any type of sexual assault or abuse, and I think that this advice could really apply to any kind of abuse. Something that people don't tell you about sexual assault or abuse is that it's very isolating. Sometimes that's because the attacker is pressuring or threatening you into silence or isolation, and sometimes it's just hard to explain what's happening because you might not even be sure. But you are not alone. There is so much love that can come from the wreckage of the storm. There is community and strength to help you learn to walk again. Another piece of advice I have is to go easy on yourself. It's so hard to let go of the guilt, the shame, the pain. And I know because I'm still learning how to let go of these. For example, and this is pretty vulnerable to share right now, but I had difficulty receiving pleasure in sex for a long, long time. My body became very tense sometimes, and I did not want to be sexually touched by uh, another partner, whether they were a long-term sexual partner or even a short-term sexual partner. I felt guilty about this for years because I either didn't want to explain what happened, or when I did, I sometimes received some very hurtful comments from my partners. Thankfully, I currently have an incredible partner who is so understanding and loving. He respects my boundaries, and I couldn't ask for anyone better. He was the first partner I explained my story to, and instead of disgust, he held me and he said, It's not your fault. That should have never happened to you, and I still love you through it. There are therapists out there for more than just mental health. There are actually sex therapists out there that are happy to help you recover and be interested in sex again. And this is just one example, but I would argue that this is a very common experience after being assaulted. Massage therapy is also beneficial after being assaulted or abused. I have seen massage therapists who have told me about victims of assault and abuse that they've worked with and that Even non-sexual touch, like massage, can open up some wounds and make room for healing. The point is to take it easy on yourself and care for yourself the way you need to. No matter what you are feeling, you are valid. I highly recommend different therapies, whether it's talk, sex, massage, something different. Therapy as a whole can be very beneficial to getting back on your feet again. Finding a creative outlet is also very therapeutic. I took a video production class and we had an assignment to make a video about a story of ourselves. I decided to tell my sexual abuse story. Essentially, I made a video reading a poem I had written about it. So when you read the poem start to finish, it tells the story of abuse, the denial, the pain. But when you read the story backwards from finish to start, it tells the story of healing. I wrote the poem this way to show that the story never really goes away but you can tell it in a different way to find healing. Maybe you like painting or writing or something else. Whatever inspires you, use your story to make something beautiful. It doesn't even mean you have to share your story, it can just be for yourself. Because sharing your story is something that you need to be comfortable doing first. I know how much shame and guilt can come from these situations. It's hard to share because it feels like it's your fault, but it's not. Nothing you could have done could make the attacker or abuser choose differently because that was their choice to begin with. You are not the cause of abuse, you are the victim of it. My last piece of advice is to open the wounds instead of bandaging them. What I mean by this is instead of holding things in, open the wounds, let yourself feel everything. It's better to release the emotions you're holding on to than to keep them closed in. Your health can actually start to fail from this. There's real science behind that. I encourage doing research about it. Find community, a therapist, a friend, a parent, a partner, anyone. You can talk to me if you want to. You are not the only person on earth who has gone through something like this. There is community and there is love, but you have to be open to finding it and receiving it. And that comes on your own time and your terms. So like I said, go easy on yourself. Give yourself that space and that time. Because the community is there when you're ready. If you have gotten through this entire episode, well done. It was definitely really tough to talk about. But I appreciate you and I love you for taking the time to listen and receive this information I hope that if you have gone through any kind of abuse or assault that something in this episode resonated with you. And even if you haven't, hopefully this helps you better support someone who has. I'm sending you all so much love and healing energy and I will see you next time.